Terminators Podcast Kyle, that was an amazing job. Thanks. On nice job, Kyle. Guitar work yeah, there. I started taking lessons last week. How's it sound? <laughs> well, welcome to the Common Denominators uh, podcast. Obviously, we've got someone else in the room. Uh, so let's go around here. We've got a, an individual. We're not going to name his name yet. We're going to see if you guys can figure it out. International man of mystery. Exactly. <laughs> so ah. I'll start first. Um, this person uh, is the writer and uh, singer of our uh, Common Denominators uh, intro. Adam, what do you got? What do you know about this individual? Uh, I believe he can play a guitar. Yes, that was a really easy and obvious one. Yes. <laughs> well, I heard he also does a, uh, a mean Bill Cosby impression, too, so maybe we'll get to hear that at some Ooh, point in time, too. Did. Did? Yeah. Once <laughs> he got in trouble. He's, he's also retired, Dad. <laughs> now he's retired. Now it's problematic. So. Yeah. yeah. Prison. We're going to avoid that. Did you that. give us a little Bill Cosby from jail? <laughs> <laughs> what would he say? <laughs> I need some more pudding pies. <laughs> Yo, Rudy. Were they still making pudding pops up until the point he went to jail? Probably so. Yeah. The last time you ate a pudding pop? I don't. I think they kind of went low, low key too. After they stopped that. making them after he got in trouble yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everybody loses. He ruined everything. Yeah. He truly ruined everything. <laughs> All right. This uh, individual is also a uh, producer at a recording studio. This guy sounds awesome. Yeah. <laughs> He's more talented than anybody else in yeah, the room. <laughs> yes, by far. This man uh, plays in a band that you've probably heard of, which I won't disclose. But a few bands, actually. Yeah. Oh, you can yeah. can we? Can, I'll go okay. ahead and I'll go disclose it because yeah. I'm I'm out of things over here because okay. I, I yeah. don't know this individual very it. well. But he plays guitar and does backup vocals for Three Doors Down. Boom shot. Mm-hmm. Never heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> maybe or maybe not heard of him. He uh, had the nickname in sixth grade, Chiquita. They get into that story later. Uh, probably one, one of the highlights of my life. Uh, we'll tell you, explain Monty. that uh, a little bit later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, we, uh, so who we have here today is uh, Chet Roberts. Thank you. Also Thank known you. as Chester Allen Roberts III. There's not a lot Formal. of thirds. Wait, the full government. No, there's, yeah. not, there's not a whole lot of thirds. Is that there, a, so. yeah. That's the name you get when you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Chester. Well, we're, we're excited to have him here, Chet. Thanks for joining us. Thank and, you. Thank uh, you. Excited to be here. Looking forward. We got three segments. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's here for an interview, uh, as we as we always do with our guests. But we got to start it off with the uh, infamous two-minute drill. Okay. And uh, we've got a, a new segment uh, that really uh, is coming to time of need. Much like the uh, Supreme Court, we've got a, a Chief Justice Roberts here in our presence today. So he's going to be ruling <clears throat> on a... A couple things, and then we'll we'll close it out with the interview. So, there's my gavel. (laughs) (laughs) Chet, you ready to go? I'm ready. Denominators, y'all ready? Let's Let's roll. roll. All right, fellas. So, Chet, we're gonna do a little thing called a two-minute drill here. Uh, the idea is just to answer as many questions as you can in the time allotted, but it's a pretty loose time frame. So, yeah. all right. So, let me get this straight. Give you as long an answer as I possibly can. Is that right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> drag it out. Yeah, yeah drag it out. <laughs> yeah. Hundred words, words as possible because we only got two minutes. I guess. <laughs> you know, full disclosure here. Uh, Chet uh, has listened to the pod. I'm sure he's heard the full, this uh, two-minute drill segment I have. before. So. Oh, okay. 
There may be a couple of uh, questions that have made it through, but we tried to mix it all up a little bit. Yeah, yeah we, that's th- fine. we're doing some new ones. All yeah. right, anybody want to count us down? Three, Th- two, one. How many kids do you have? Two. What are their names, ages? Hudson is my son. He's nine. And Paisley is my daughter. She's six. Who is your favorite band? Oh, man, that's it. I can't do that. That's just too tough, man. I got, I got, I what's, love so much different music. What's the first one that popped into your head? Uh, Spice Girls. Three well, doors, three doors down. Press it for an answer, Lance. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna get his answer. Yeah, right? He just wants an answer. Uh, I guess Ween's always been one of my favorite bands. They're, they're kind of weird, but I like them. All right, this is this one you might have to reach for. What was the first CD you bought? It was an Eric Clapton solo record nice. called Behind the Sun. Nice. Nice pull. Clapton. Another tough one here. Name one thing that you dislike about Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> this Ryan. Unbelievable. Well, I'm trying to slide this in. <laughs> Thank you, Lance. I guess that he's my brother-in-law. Is that, can you say that? That, that plays, yeah. Yep. He always hopes I never make it in the family. Yeah. <laughs> Just didn't see it happening, but he made it this far. We were going to be such great friends, and then you had to marry my sister. Yeah. sister. What a jerk. Uh, just joking. So besides the guitar, what other instrument instruments can you play? Uh, I play bass, which is, you know, to me, it's just like guitar. But piano, wind instruments like flute or, yeah. uh, you know, I like, I've got a Native American flute that I love to play. It's so relaxing to play. Like I started listening to a flute, just a Native American flute, just to kind of relax. And, uh, and then we were somewhere up in uh, the Northwest and we were on reservation playing a show up there, and I went and bought a handmade Native American flute. And I started playing it, trying to figure out how to play it like that. And I found that that's even more relaxing than listening to it. Hmm. I legitimately but, want to hear this now. Yeah, yeah, we got to hear the flute. Anybody else yeah. just picture Chad in like some uh, I'll have to bring it leather to Speedos <laughs> with some war paint on? Yeah. That's what with, I with a feather in the back of his head? I see him with a TP and a peace pipe. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll continue on here. Who is your favorite SNL cast member of all time? Oh, well, Lance is going off the board. Yeah, Deep thoughts with Lance here. <laughs> man, uh, man, I, I'd have to say, like, uh, Mike Myers was one of my oh, favorites. Oh, yeah. It's hard Can't to beat on Mike Myers. All right. What is your favorite hobby besides playing guitar? It's recording other music, you know? I'm like, I'm not just playing guitar all the time. It's just not, it's not all about guitar. It's mixing. It's... It's editing and mastering and stuff like that. I'm, all, I'm constantly making some music, even if it's just on a desk with yeah. noises. And Not to hijack the two-minute drill, but is, yeah. is playing guitar like a hobby for you still? <clears throat> no, is it more it's of a, a job. job now. Yeah, hmm. yeah. It, it's definitely a job. But. So I don't know if you have any tattoos or not, but if you had to get one today, what would it be of? I, first off, I don't have any tattoos. I don't think you asked me that, but uh, full disclosure. Yeah. I don't have any, but um, but if I was to get one. The stock answer is Common Denominators Podcast. <laughs> yeah. <just> so you know. <laughs> okay. Um, I've already known this, this answer, and when I get it, when I f- get my first tattoo, it's going to be <clears throat> a nice midsummer's tan all over my whole body. To have year round, <laughs> nice. That Could, way, in yeah. the winter, I'm not all pale yeah. and pasty. Yeah, Could be um, painful, but would be worth it. Doesn't you know? affect any job interviews. Yeah. Yeah. they're just like, man, this guy. He just got yeah. back yeah. on vacation. He's ready to work. Thing. If what's the thing? We're going to be good. Like, yeah. You see people that Tan have tattoos. You know, there. I saw a lady the other day that was, you know, all like a, a dark uh, black color that she had tattooed. 
So that's a thing. I'm thinking. Yeah. I think you may be onto something, Chuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get a midsummer. Just a. Not, I'm gonna look just like hmm. I came back from vacation. Always. I didn't write this question. Okay. Excluding pets and family. If your house is on fire. I mean, you don't like this question. What is the one item you would run back in and save? Probably that $3,500. Yeah, say. <laughs> what I would I be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say it's a good choice. Okay. Yeah. So, what is, while on tour, what is your favorite thing to do to pass the time? Oh, hands down, play golf. Oh, my boy. <clears throat> what I'm talking about. Me, yeah. me and Greg, the drummer, we always uh, we throw our clubs under the, the bay of the bus, got a day off, start looking the night before, see where we're going to be. There's usually a course wherever we are, so just have a day off. We spend it on the course. Cool. Nice. Kyle's in love. Spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> Spirit animal. All right, there you go. That works. Right. And the timer just came up. Yeah, two <laughs> minutes. Yeah, right right on the dot. Yeah. All right, uh, this is our new segment. We're going to call it uh, Chief Justice Roberts, and it comes at a much-needed time in the, uh, for the common denominator family. A lot of dissension in the ranks. Uh, there really is. And uh, uh, Chief Justice, uh, can we still call you Chet after now that we've called you Chief Justice? No. <laughs> he prefers more formal. First Chief Justice. I would okay. like you we guys can... to stand when I come into the room. <laughs> <laughs> Just remain standing. Never sit down. So... <laughs> Chief, yeah, Chief Justice right. has uh, been listening to the denominators, and uh, I think there's been a couple of uh, items where we've been split. Uh, and mm-hmm. actually, the two two items, uh, maybe three items, We're split are dead split down the middle. right down the middle. Yeah, two, two on one two. side, two on the other. And so uh, Chief Justice Roberts is going to uh, choose a side today. He's going to yeah. pick teams. And, uh, I'm going to be joining sides. I, I really don't want to be upset today, but uh, – you guys well, are going to want me to choose your side because that's going to be the right side. Yeah. You understand Obviously. this. Thing. Right. I mean, in other yeah. words, he wipes like a You're the person. highest power. I feel here, good, Lance. <laughs> He's coming on our side with the wipe. <laughs> well, obviously, you guys <laughs> have already gotten into one of the subjects. Yeah. Yeah. Order in the court. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna, we're going to so, be contempt of court. Uh, if you've listened to the podcast at all, uh, even once, I think almost every episode, for some reason, we've talked about front or back wiping. And uh, Adam and I. Uh, are on the side of the front wipers. We reach between our legs and wipe to the from the back to the front, like a man does. To be ashamed, <laughs> like fifty percent of America does, honestly, because fifty-one. I'm pretty dominators sure. do. Yeah, this could be one of the um, Chief Justice posts. Roberts is shaking his head. I don't oh, like yeah. the looks of Uh-oh, that. Oh, I feel good. I'm feeling <laughs> better already. Now, we, then we've got uh, uh, Lance and Kyle, who are, are back wipers. Standard, so, standard Americans. Yeah, yeah. Chief American Justice, standard. I know you've listened to the. Uh, our episodes on that. Uh, can you give us, uh, tell us where you stand and, and what your Literally. ruling is. <laughs> all right, all right. Well, after careful deliberation, you know, and listening to the uh, listening to the podcast, I've heard your guys' complaints and, and arguments on both sides, and uh, I'm going to have to rule. I'm going front wipe. Hey! Welcome to the shocker. Welcome to the club. Yes. I knew there was yes. a reason God put us in the same family. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Lance. You got a front wipe in this family. Lance, I've never felt so defeated. You that felt that felt a lot better than it should. No, oh, this hurts. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> There's room for two more if you guys want to no, come on over. I can't to do it. Issue number two. Yeah. 
We're also divided. Uh, it's it's peeing in the pool. I can't take two losses on this. Um, Kyle and I, we're not fans of peeing in the pool. Right. Uh, while Lance and Adam seem to think it's what you should do. Yeah. They so, see water, they think it's fine to I'm pee. I'm saving in. the earth. <laughs> while contaminating and your, the earth. And your time. Yeah. Wait, wait. Uh, this is, we're talking about pee, peeing in the pool or my thing, peeing in the shower? Am I the only one that does that? No, we're sticking with no, the pool. We're sticking okay. with the well, pool. Well, okay, well, maybe I'm not conserving water in that. <laughs> Lance will pretty much pee anywhere. <laughs> Lance will in his fly. pants during a race, yeah. in the shower, <laughs> and in a pool. This is true. Lance uh, might have, have some bladder control. No, issues. De- we have no defense for this. <laughs> we haven't delved into. Might be peeing right now. That's <laughs> why we gave you the wooden chair. Lance is definitely the most likely to be in adult diapers at the youngest age of anybody in the group. Oh boy, Chief Justice uh, Roberts, could you <laughs> take control of the court here? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, All right, yeah, yeah. Give yes. us your thoughts. Yes, yes, gentlemen. All right, so I, um, I think the question is, do you make a practice of peeing in the pool? If you're in the pool, you got to pee. What do you do? You wait, wait. Out? I don't like the you word what? practice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like is, is it okay to pee in the pool? Okay, there you go. Are you trying better. to lead uh, Chief Justice? Yeah, there? that's a very <laughs> leading the objection. Witness. Objection. Just clarifying. <laughs> well, um, we'll just I'll just come on out and say it. Look, yeah. yeah. I do not pee in the pool. Oh, yes. I didn't take – that's what I'm talking I didn't take two losses. And you guys should be ashamed. Yeah. That's <laughs> that what I'm talking dirty. about. I'm 0 for 2 with Chet. So yeah. Apparently, we would not be friends, Chet. <laughs> that's why we don't know each other yet. <laughs> Tough that's day for Lance. Tough the day. only one that's 2 for 2 happens to be his brother-in-law. Mm, yes. Y'all might have had a conversation. No? Yeah. Now to the uh, more pressing and serious yeah. matter at hand. So, Chet, um, <clears throat> someone here is on trial today. It's not me, it's not Lance, and it's not Kyle. (laughs) Producer Producer Adam's in trouble. So we had a little episode, uh, I think you've listened to, uh, a New Year's resolution episode. Yes. You familiar? Yes. Okay. In that, we had a game of dirty resolutions. Uh, It was a game of dirty Santa. And uh, Adam walked away with the gift of one week with no TV. And and like all of us, uh, the punishment was if we cannot fulfill the duties for one week, that we would be, uh, we would face the will of water. So there's been a, a development in the past, uh, I would say, 24 hours, yes. if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. where uh, <laughs> this is coming to question. Very so recent. Yeah. I would like to uh, call uh, our prosecution, <clears throat> our lead prosecution, Mr. Binkley, yes. uh, to the floor. So to recall, Lance had a gratitude journal. Haven't heard an update for Lance. Yeah, we haven't heard that. a single thing about that gratitude yeah. journal. Well, don't look too grateful. Update will be forthcoming. I was debating whether or not to do it <laughs> social media or on here. So. Okay, all right. So we uh, we know that Ryan completed his his ordeal, which you were no audio, no Correct. nothing, dead radio. Yep. I was only water for a week. And I see you're celebrating with like a 90-ounce yes, glass I went of by, sweet tea. I went to McAllister's there. and got the largest <laughs> sweet tea with extra sugar in it to celebrate. And our man, Adam, was no TV, which from all intents and purposes with the social media update, mm-hmm. he was doing great. Yeah. Everything was going well. Still am, actually. Um, what happened last night, Kyle? Last night, there may or may not have been a group text that shows the score of the Tennessee basketball game there. It's like a screenshot. Mm-hmm. And it appears that Adam was watching the Tennessee basketball game. And you, his, you asked a question. Yeah. I said, is this a self-incrimination of – and his response was – no, I'm streaming it on my phone. To me, I, I don't remember anyone saying no streaming. I think we're gonna have to go back and check the tapes because I think there might have been something asked about streaming, and we said <clears throat> nothing. Yeah. Fortunately, Blank. fortunately, no I'm in charge of the tapes, <laughs> so I'd be happy to, <laughs> to go back there. Really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, your point's been made. The defense, as, a def- as the are the prosecutor, you're the prosecutor. <laughs> prosecution. 
I'm defending the people. As the defendant here, I would just like to say I did go with no TV for the full week. Full disclosure, I got texted from a friend of mine who's a Kansas fan who let me know that the game was close. I pulled it up on my phone for a good 30 seconds, realized Tennessee would not prevail. Text you guys a picture to let you know because I know y'all aren't watching it, and then I turned it off. Never one time, full disclosure, did the TV come on. Did you regret immediately sending that picture thinking, oh, I'm I did. get called out for yeah, this? Yeah, I did. I did. I, I, but Guilty I, I was more, but because I knew something like this would come up, but I knew that if Tennessee had won that game, you'd have been a whole lot happier <clears throat> to see Tennessee take down the number three Kansas. Chief Justice looks like he is in deep thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what's, well, what's going through your head, Chief okay, Justice? Okay, well, I've, I've heard the two arguments, yeah. and um, – I think what it boils down to is the definition of TV. Which should have been predefined, I think. Exactly. When this thing came because down. you're saying it was streamed on your phone, which right. is not, not TV. considered TV. Mm-hmm. But which which leads lends to the question. Event, why though. was he not watching the entire game on his phone if he thought it was okay? I wasn't watching the full game because as you might have saw in my kitchen, I was ripping it out. I had no time to watch the whole game. I didn't even have time to keep up with it. I just feel mm. like the spirit of the game has just been tainted with this carelessness. Chief <laughs> 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 Justice, uh, it's, it's time for a decision. Uh, it sounds is like, is Adam uh, going to get wet or is he not? Man, you know, it sounds like you had a moment of weakness there, uh, Adam. You know? May the Supreme Court live on forever. <laughs> yes. I don't, I, I didn't, the, ladies and gentlemen, the Honorable. I'd like, to, I'd like to call his education into uh, account here. What, what qualifies him to be? Bailiff. Bailiff, bailiff remove him yeah. from the room. Remove from the court. <laughs> you be deal. sentenced to water. <laughs> All right, so as Chief Justice Roberts, uh, while I'm here and presiding over uh, the pod, uh, common pod today. This title's really gone to his head. I oh, the power. <laughs> his head is swollen <laughs> since he's been here. All right, so. Uh, I know that recently, by listening to the pod, that uh, Ryan, you—I uh, ordered... don't like where this is going oh, at I, all. I love it. <laughs> I'm now more interested. My name yeah. hasn't been mentioned yet. Ryan, you ordered uh, some oh, uh, yes. some boots, mm-hmm. correct? You know, <laughs> That's a fact. Long story short, it wasn't boots that showed up. It was a Christian. You wore scarf. A cre- it's funny, it's a really that, nice scarf. Yeah. Though. It's funny that uh, <laughs> I've had my you... eye on that thing for a while. <laughs> yeah. Do you still have the scarf? Oh, absolutely. Okay, you're not getting right. rid of that scarf. No. Okay, you're okay, especially I mean, you're when it represents this, like ninety dollars. You're making this a slam dunk for me here. So. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> you played it off. You played it really smooth. You played it off like, uh, oh, I didn't. <laughs> I ordered these things and this showed up, and you've fooled everybody up until this point. Oh well, guess I'll keep it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boom, guess I'll wear it every yeah. day. Yeah, this my pattern theory, just happens to match most of my, my clothes. My theory is, is you knew exactly what you were buying, <laughs> and you were buying it, and the whole boot thing that was a cover, that yeah. was cover story, yeah, and like, I'm gonna get them for the entire family. Yeah, <laughs> the patriarch. Yeah, what's that, well, you Ryan? I feel you know we need some answers, Ryan. Yeah. you see a lot of people Ryan on the news so. they get uh, wrongly accused. Uh, by a higher power, such as Chief, Ju- <laughs> Chief Justice Roberts, and they feel helpless. Are you saying the life has been ruined? Uh, that's how I feel right now. You know, I mean, uh, the people listening have seen the power of Chief Justice over here, and uh, they're probably going to tend to believe him over me. Well, so, I, mean, I am going to say, 
you know, Chet, you're on to something. He I has so. has his haircut's been a lot more tight lately. Yeah. He's wearing a lot more vests. And listen to this. <laughs> if you watch the video, if any of y'all watch the video out there when he's opening it, what's he do immediately? Puts it on. And oh, knows yeah. and also knows looks like he's got the wrap yeah. around. Yeah. Ooh. Exactly. That man knows his way around a scar. I yeah. think you knew exactly what you were getting. You knew it was four thousand yen. You knew it was Christian <laughs> Dior. You knew how it was gonna look with your you know, with your ensemble, he's already. I'd like to plead the fifth, and I'd like to speak to my attorney. <laughs> Got him, nailed him. Chief very... Justice, when are you retiring? Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, let's get uh, Chief Justice Roberts uh, out of here, and uh, let's, let's bring in uh, Chet Roberts, uh, my brother-in-law. I like him a little bit better than what I, <laughs> yeah. Chief Justice, that I just heard from. His alter ego is kind of a. Hey, buddy, how are you? How you doing? Chet, we're gonna we're gonna pepper you with a, a lot of questions here about your life. Are you uh, you ready? I guess so. Yeah. All right. So, quick icebreaker, Chet. Mm-hmm. How many times a day do people come up to you and ask you if you're the voice behind the common denominator's theme song? <laughs> it's uh, it's constant. Actually, it's <laughs> I've so. had to. Uh, had to change my address. And <laughs> really interfered with his life. Quite had to a bit. move several times, and um, we'd like to apologize. get a bigger mailbox yeah. for the I, fan mail. I, yeah. I apologize for that. Yeah, we're we hate so to, popular. Had to, That's the price of fame, Chad. Had, yeah. had to don uh, disguises and stuff <laughs> going to the store. And <laughs> it's been that. difficult, but uh, you guys are worth it. Thanks. Thank thanks. You. So walk us through. I, I called you. Let's see, probably last January or February, and I said, "Hey, we're doing this podcast." Right. Can you write us a theme song and make it sound manly? I think that's pretty much the parameters I gave you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really was, tight yeah. parameters. Uh, so walk us through it. What did you do? How did you come up with the music? You called me, gave me the uh, the idea, the concept of the podcast. And uh, all right, let's see. I pulled up my Pro Tools and plugged in the guitar and got got a good little guitar tone going and was just sort of thinking about what to play you know how to, how to make this what it, what did it sound like and i just wanted to start with a riff or something because i knew you guys wanted it to be manly and need to be aggressive i sat down and the literally the first thing i played was that don't come and then and the common denominators that you know came later the adding the words in there but uh that little riff i just started playing that and i was like this is kind of groovy and I was like, all right, I need some drums. So I pulled up a little loop, and it stuck. I think, and you guys liked it, and and I'm happy with it as well. I think it uh, it's pretty catchy, and I mm-hmm. think it had a it gets the the point across. And uh, you know, I've done some jingles in the past for uh, some companies, and you know, little jingle radio jingles and stuff like that. So this isn't one of the ones they rejected, is it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be common deodorizers. Yeah. <laughs> Is what it was gonna be. It was a deodorizer company, and uh, it, it was just one of those. Sometimes they just sometimes when you're writing a song or a jingle or something, it comes right to you. And sometimes you have to work for it a little bit harder. But that's when uh, when music works out like that. That's that's good stuff. The first time I checked out the podcast, and uh, it was I, I listened to that theme song. I was like, yeah, this this fits. This sounds like a podcast. Yeah. So I, being your brother-in-law, I probably should know this, but I don't. Like growing up, when did you like realize that you were connected to music? I mean, that's a huge part of your life. We already obviously know that, but like when you were young, when's your first memories of like knowing like I love music? That's something that I'm into. That's a pretty good question. I I, uh, 
I thought it was a great question. <laughs> really? <laughs> My first inkling that I wanted to play a guitar, I can remember having like a little, you know, cheap toy kind of guitar. The weird thing is, is I remember not knowing how to play it. And I was just, just, just nothing, just jamming on it pretending I was Elvis. I remember singing Hound Dog or something like that, just like, <laughs> just being a kid, you know? And uh, and I, it was shortly after that, I kind of played around with that toy one, and I was like, you know, I wouldn't kind of learn how, and that's when my parents got me, uh, you know, my first real guitar, which was a service merchandise oh, brand yeah. guitar. Oh, Dude, you talk about a happy kid, man. Yeah. I, got, I got it. It was black. It had... Uh, it was called the Terminator. Even cooler. <laughs> it was Man, called the Terminator, that's awesome. and it came. And here's the thing: is it came with a little, a little like uh, four inch speaker built oh, into yeah. it, and so you could just turn it on and jam around the house, no strings attached, and you were just <laughs> and your parents were like, crap, man, why did we, why did we go to service merchandise? You know, in retrospect, I'm like genius of my dad. He's like, this is. Don't have to buy the amp, and <laughs> yeah. it's built in. It's so. Was your family? Is it, do you come from a musical background, or is this just something that kind of happened by accident? Or are you one of those families like, oh, he's always going to be a prodigy, or was it like your parents weren't really into music that much, or, and you just happened into this? And no, no, no. My my dad was uh, my dad was just a music lover. He loved listening to music. My young early childhood was uh, listening to his LP collection, all his vinyls, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, we spend evenings just on the, on those big Pioneer headphones, Pioneer turntable and speakers, everything just, you know, it's old school vinyl listening. And uh, he always wanted to be a musician, I know, and uh, he was a drummer, actually. And uh, and um, he, uh, he never really pursued it. He, he you know... He did the smart thing and <laughs> and got the regular regular yeah. job and and uh, stayed at home and stuff and <clears throat> did the family thing and um, but um, it uh, was something that just came to me and I just took to it and just had never really stopped doing it you know so kind of with the Terminator after you get to playing that and you you kind of get to where you're playing a little bit kind of where do you go from there do you do you use your family kind of like pursue lessons and you start figuring out pretty quick that yeah you might I took, be good at this i took lessons for about six months maybe eight months or whatever um and uh at a little place called rose guitars in hendersonville is down there by center point i remember I seeing that all the time remember rose guitars yes. so that that was a little small consignment guitar shop in town and uh and there was a there was a guy in there called uh, his name's Gene Ford. He was rocker guy, long hair, had the you know he was cool, and he was offering lessons. So my parents, after I you know I got the the Terminator, I go in there with like the Terminator to do some some lessons and stuff. And he started me out on just some regular chords, just learning how to play chords. And eventually, I was like, here, I want to learn this song. I was bringing in you know songs off the radio that I want to learn and he made it really fun and you know after a while I just I just kind of uh you know I quit taking lessons because I was like I already know how to I, you know I can figure the rest out you know obviously I couldn't but right. I knew enough to kind of right get get my footing going and start start the uh the process of, of just trying to figure out other songs on my own and stuff so 
So take us back. <clears throat> tell us about your very first live performance. Hmm. I think I may have been there, but I, I don't know for sure. First live performance in front of an audience. Uh, I, I, it's going to have, it has to be, you're talking about sixth grade. I think so. It, was a ta- it wasn't a talent show. It was a end of the year, you were either, we were either in the, the chorus or we were in the band, right? And yeah. I was in the chorus. So I can't remember. You were in the chorus I mean, as well. Yeah. Definitely. So, <laughs> should hear his singing voice. Yeah. He never let it out. It's immaculate. Hmm. Only when he's wearing a scarf. <laughs> I can only hit my falsetto with my scarf. <laughs> it's a lot of opera. He's into opera now. Too. Mainly Celine Dion <laughs> yeah. singing. Yeah. Anyhow, it was uh, it was the end of the school year where uh, it's it's a little showcase of what we've learned how to sing and play in the band. Whatever. I was in the chorus, and there was like a intermission spot in between the the uh, band playing and then they strike all that and bring out the risers and the and then the chorus sings and i asked miss sin I'd, i've just been learning how to play guitar and I, thought, I was feeling pretty confident and i asked her if i could play in the, the middle of the intermission between the band and the chorus and she was like yes of course so i worked up kansas uh, dust in the oh, wind oh yeah uh-huh. classic and played it solo by myself on stage, the, all the finger picky stuff and everything, and and sang it, and that was the first time I ever performed. And I don't know, I just went out there and I did it like it wasn't that big a deal. I don't know. I was gonna say, was, so in that moment you're doing that. Like, there's two types of people in this world: the people that do that and they thrive in it, and the other people their butt slam shut. So I'm assuming you're probably the Thrive guy. Yeah. You weren't up there just all Took the words out of everybody's mouth. Yeah, that's what I was kind of thinking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm, I would be the butt that slammed shut up yep. there, and I'd be like, yeah. Uh, well, so. yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'd be... <laughs> <laughs> slam. What kind, of, what kind of noise does a butt slamming make, uh, Kyle? I don't know. I guess I could try to play <laughs> some music like in front of people, and you could listen. I don't know. Kind of sounds like somebody clapping in the distance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like a door slamming shut. It's <laughs> just air being sucked out of a room. <laughs> no, but to answer your question, like, if, you know, when I get up on stage, uh, say I'm never nervous or anything like that uh, would be a lie. Of course you get nervous at sure. times, but I do thrive on stage. It's it's a, it's it's just a natural feeling, I guess. I I. I'm in my element up there, and I, I don't have a problem being on stage and entertaining. I really enjoy it. That's my so was that's that, a passion. That was was that your kind of moment where you just finished playing that, and you're like, oh man, this is this oh is yeah, what I'm supposed to All do. The, this that was the moment. Oh yeah, and being that young dude, and you come on stage, and everybody's like, oh my goodness, you did so good. There's yeah. a lot of positive feedback oh, yeah. for a young man. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah like I've got a theory that I've never shared with Chet. That uh, I think why he he decided and asked Miss Sin to play that that show is <laughs> you know where this is going retribution here <laughs> yeah uh, so essentially uh, I had red hair uh, it was a lot brighter than it is right now very fluffy and I've I've said before in here I was definitely not the coolest kid in the sixth grade I check, just picture checking a test the fat oh, carrot yeah. top that's what I picture husky oh, carrot exactly top. I had a yeah. uh, like a bowl cut straight across my head it was rough <laughs> yeah. And so, anyways, as you can imagine, I had a lot of friends, but I was obviously a target every once in a while for some opies and some carrot top type of comments. Yeah, and I felt bad for you, by the way. Yeah. Chuck felt so bad for me that one day he decided to come back to school the next day with a perm. Oh, sweet. 
And I, I got to say, I, I, honestly, I don't I remember. I thought we weren't going to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> my memory is bad, but I do specifically remember that day because all of a sudden people started calling him Chiquita. <laughs> oh, this is where it comes And here. I thought the pressure's off. Yeah. You could disappear. <laughs> I, I you don't know how long into the shadows. Last, but I hope it's forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I'm pretty sure that uh, he needed to save face and restore his reputation, and that's why he played Dust in the Wind for the entire school. Was this with Perm? Uh, I don't – I think Falling the, out perm, the Perm had, had grown out by then. So, Ryan, I'm going to take you back to that moment. When he plays this, and you've been – kind of back in the shadow of the perm and living a little bit under the radar, he goes up there and nails dust in the wind. All of a sudden you're like, oh, hey, ready? Uh, hey, look. Hey, he carrot top. It all starts over again. Yeah. I'm like, Chet's cool again. Yeah, like, like, oh, no. The perm effect didn't last as long as I wanted. Yeah. It lasted like a week. Yeah. But I do remember Chet and I were friends. We weren't close friends, but I do remember thinking that is really cool. I think I don't even want to say I remember the color of your guitar was like white and blue or had some kind of sparkle to it or something. Yeah. I don't know how I remember that. Am I right? It was, yeah. It was just rock coming off of the guitar. It was just <laughs> nothing but, you know, rock star hitting you in the face there. No, the perm thing was to take some pressure off you, Ryan. I really did feel bad. I didn't, you know, I knew that you were taking some heat and I was like, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. everybody's gonna laugh at me but you notice i just rolled with the punches i enjoyed it you know it was like yeah i'm chiquita <laughs> and people were like oh, it doesn't bother him so he's yeah. cool yeah you he's, he's should have taught me now. you should have taught me some of those uh skills back then yeah. <laughs> you just didn't know all that that's what i really needed you just didn't yeah. know all that sympathy you were throwing like this is gonna be the guy that marries my sister like oh my gosh <laughs> from there you've had your first live solo performance kind of what's the making of the chet's first band how did that go what was that like at good pasture we started a band with daniel slate i had a, I, the first literal band i was in was in high school at good push at good pasture and probably in junior high when we were called inertia and you remember travis's band travis how yeah. y'all had him oh on yeah there. yeah they Friend were the they were the senior band they were uh no remorse and man yep. we looked up to those guys and we were like Man, those guys are so cool. They sound so good. <laughs> if we can ever get to that level of fame. <laughs> They've got all the gear. They've got all the gear. And they and we, you know, we were kind of the, the tag alongs with those guys and they were cool. We That sound you hear is Travis's head swelling right, right. now because I know he's listening. <laughs> well, he's a good guy and he, he is. and back then, man, we were it was just we were the bands in at school. Like there was no remorse and then our class had me, Daniel uh, Litchford, Brian Litchford, and uh, Clint Carter. Remember, he was yeah. he played bass. Yeah, I, I played guitar. Clint. Brian was on guitar as well, and Daniel was on. Daniel Slate was on drums. And uh, of course, we weren't writing any original stuff. We were just covering, you know, Metallica and oh, yeah. Megadeth and all the metal. You know, stuff. all the good stuff. All the great yeah. stuff. Yeah, Oof. that was pretty much the first getting together with other guys and jamming and going yeah this feels good this yeah. is this is good stuff so that kept me going to the next step of things and well kind of keep going there what is that next course you <coughs> talked about you went you kind of changed schools kind of what's the progression yeah, there? I'd, you know changing schools i was the new guy so i was all of a sudden like you know had a lot of uh attention and i just kind of dove into being social with meeting all kinds of new people and that kind of just took a break from guitar for a little like a year or so and didn't really think of it that much but uh 
in high school out there in Hendersonville, I, I ran into and I ended up meeting and becoming really good friends with uh, Josh Wooten, who uh, just became one of the youth pastors out at uh, Northfield. Yeah. Uh, super stand-up guy, one of my best friends. He was one of the best men in my wedding. And, uh, you know, he kind of sang and, and played uh, guitar a little bit, and I did too. And we were like, let's let's start some songs. So we started actually writing songs at you know 17 years old 18 or whatever and just playing around at parties you know we go to a friend's house or something and we were the entertainment people wanted us to come and bring our acoustics and play and and because everybody that's the one thing about learning guitar is everybody's wants you to be at the party you're the guy that can play guitar you're a definite party favor you're right you're a party favorite because you can provide entertainment and you know, just being able to like write, play this one, play you know whatever, and uh, but we kind of started cutting our teeth doing that. We uh, after graduating high school, I moved down to uh, Murfreesboro to go to MTSU, and uh, where I was going through the RIM program, the recording uh, process, to because I want to learn how to record. Right, and um, that's where we really kind of everything kind of came together, and we actually started a physical band called John Blaze. And we started playing all the local places, you know, all the local venues and bars and everything we could. And we were, uh, I remember we played a little place in Hendersonville called Low Places. And it was in the bottom of that strip mall in the very back. And uh, one night we were playing a gig there and the place was packed because, of course, all our friends knew about that was the spot to be on the weekends. And I looked out the door, and there's people standing outside the door. And I, you know, in between a song, I'm like, "What's going on out there? Why are people?" And they're like, it's "People waiting to get in." Yeah, there because the fire marshal had come, and there's like, "There's too many people in this building." And we were like, "We sold this place out. Yeah, we've made it. <laughs> we've and reached the dizzy yeah, heights of Hendersonville." Yeah, exactly. So it was just, it, it was kind of, kind of nuts and crazy and fun and just awesome all at the same time back those days were kind of magical you know yeah um but uh that really got the ball going and we just you know i hadn't stopped (laughs) is that when you sort of decided like this you know we all have the dreams of being astronauts and all that when we're kids and rock stars and all that but is that kind of the time where you're like all right i'm gonna legitimately give this a run yeah and 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 we did you know we we um we were touring we're doing everything back before cell phones and all that stuff and i remember having like a physical you know address book you know <laughs> so you get be on our mailer and we physically mailed flyers to let people know about yeah. our shows those are the the good old days and going you know making up two three hundred of these flyers and we'd all split them up and wherever you were that week you were and I was going around campus down there at MTSU, stapling stuff up and <laughs> dropping from an airplane. Yeah, just yeah. whatever, handing them to people walking by and stuff, just kind of promoting your band and stuff. And uh, that's the thing is, bands, it's just hard to keep them together. And life happens and yeah. things, you know, people get married and move on. And that's kind of what happened with all the little groups. You know, we, we everybody gave it a good run and then. It just wasn't going to work out in the time frame we allotted it, you know. So, and honestly, I had kind of given up being uh, being in a band and being like a the yeah. stereotypical, you know, whatever rock star is, you know. And uh, and I uh, 
and that's when I kind of just said, all right, I'm going to focus on being my schooling and engineering and production and all that stuff. I can, you know, I knew I could, uh, make a living doing that. And, uh, so I kind of focused in on that and, you know, so, so how, I, how old are you at this point when this is kind of <coughs> happening? Probably early twenties or yeah, well, probably like late twenties. Okay. I mean, we probably gave the so you gave it a pretty the, good run. Yeah, like ten years of yeah. doing the band thing, going out and with a, in a van in a trailer, and, yeah. you know, um, trying to figure out what you're going to eat that night. Yeah, like well, stuff. Ju- yeah, and just just you know surviving. Exactly. I mean, it was it was fun. It yeah. wasn't. It wasn't. You know. And as far as what I'm accustomed to these days with tour buses and hotel rooms and all that stuff, it was, it wasn't any of that. But it was definitely a fun adventure. Yeah. You didn't know life, life was just ahead of you. You didn't know you were like we're, something you look fondly back at. Like absolutely. man, I didn't know how good absolutely. barely scraping by was. Uh, yeah, we yeah. were we were we were loving life. And uh, but um, and then I turned, and so that was like late late twenties or whatever. And I just was kind of frustrated with the business and all that stuff and i was like you know i'm giving it up. i literally gave up the because i turned 30 and it was just like the quarter life crisis or the <laughs> mid you know the right before your midlife i'm you know i'm too in the old middle for, of my i'm too old for crisis. this game i'm out yeah, yeah well yeah. i was just like man 30 i mean i'm not gonna it's not gonna happen you know there's no way i can start a band from scratch and and be you know be able to play rockstar on the weekend or whatever um and so I just was like, you know what, that's just, so I kind of gave it up and uh, got into the studio work and was working at a studio. And that's where I kind of ran into the Three Doors guys in, in the studio scene around Nashville and stuff. Like in a few short years, I'm engineering all the projects for Chris Henderson, the other guitar player. And, uh, and he just asked me, hey, man, you want to guitar, you know, be my guitar tech and go on the road with the band? And I was like, Sure. I mean, I think yeah. I can. Yeah. 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 You know. yeah. I kind of well, enjoyed being I, here. You know? I was like, do you think, is that something you think I can do? You know, and he was like, oh, yeah, it's it's easy. And I was like, okay. You know, it wasn't as easy as that. And yeah. it was a lot of stuff I needed to learn, but he knew I could handle it. So I, I did that and then a couple years of teching and so what, i had to sit in stop on the teching like what is that yeah i don't like, know yeah okay I mean, I you know you too. go to a concert you see the guys on stage and you're right. like that's it yeah but there's right. this I, I you know you've you've allowed me to go behind stage a few times there's sure. a lot more people back there doing things oh, yeah. that people are unfamiliar with so absolutely what there's were you a, doing back there yeah so what's so, your life look like as a guitar tech well uh as a guitar tech you're you're responsible for all of your guys, you know, your your guitar player, um, all of his gear. So everything he uses to, you know, from, you know, the, the guitar, obviously, the amps, um, the uh, equipment, you're responsible for changing strings, for making sure that guitar is in tune, making sure it plays perfectly. There's all kinds of setup adjustments uh, that need to be done to a guitar. Or if something breaks, you need to be able to fix it or get the part. and you know, same thing. Same thing goes with the gear. If a tube amp, you know, goes out, you need to be able to change this or that, and uh, and uh, just make sure that that his stuff is going to work for him. You know, so you're you're just like the you're on the sidelines of things. I mean, you're really close to the action too, and just getting to that level, you're like, wow, you can. Yeah. You know, I remember going, man, I feel that energy about of being on stage from just over here. 
you know, you're you're almost, uh, you know, you're halfway there in a way, you know. So, I, me- I remember the uh, one time I was fortunate, Chet uh, took me backstage on a show, and I remember you walked me over to Chris's, I guess, where you were, you know, teching. Guitar vault. Or and there was like 10 guitars or something. I don't know. It was somewhere between like six and 10 guitars. I remember being amazed, like, what? I, I thought they just held on to one the whole <laughs> they time. They just got this yeah. one that they play. No, yeah. that, well, <clears throat> every every band's different. And uh, and obviously sometimes if you're you're doing a fly date, the, the number of guitars you have changes. But if you're on a scheduled tour where it's, you know, you're going from city to city. All your gear is going on a truck anyway, so we've got these big ten vault guitar, you know, ten guitar vaults that hold, you know, eight to ten guitars. And um, depending on your set, sometimes you're going to need one that's in a different tuning. Maybe this one just really feels good on that song. So it's a lot of personal preference that goes into that kind of stuff, and it's a lot more to it backstage than what people you know would see out front there's a lot of a lot of jobs that are being done behind the scenes uh definitely that are just you know as important to make the show happen as the the players themselves to a certain degree you know it's like you know the show maybe the person is replaceable but the job isn't you know right. yeah so as a guitar tech you basically get that ready for for the artist to go up there pick it up Absolutely. And they're ready to throw it over their shoulder. And yeah, and you know he he would let me know. You know this this string is kind of buzzing a little bit. You know. Yeah. And you can you you know figure that out. And yeah. it'd Be my job to go in there and check the nut on it and make sure it needs if it needs a new one or needs a little filing or it needs some nut sauce or it needs a new bridge piece or things you've learned. What? Nut sauce. <laughs> nut sauce. I gotta get some nut <laughs> sauce. <laughs> I'm not sure what I can use it for, but yeah, I'm gonna get me some. Yeah. Well, it's sauce you put on your nut, and and it really smooths things out. You know, sounds Sorry. like something I need. <laughs> but you know, it, your your job is to make everything run smoothly for your artist, and um, hopefully not have any any you know meltdowns or anything like that. And you know, it's a it's a those jobs that doesn't get a whole lot of uh, kudos because it's behind the scenes yeah. kind of job. So. So take us back to that moment. Like you know, you were you were in a studio. You all of a sudden get asked to be a guitar tech, and then comes a day where they're like, "Hey, you want to be in the band?" I mean, just kind of tell us that story. What was going through okay. your mind? And what's what's also the timeline? I'm kind of curious, like around what year this is happening in terms of when they ask you to be a guitar tech, and then you know, to Ryan's uh, question. Yeah. So um, asked me to be a guitar tech in 2009 is when I started uh, guitar tech. Started mm-hmm. traveling. You know, I hadn't been anywhere but, you know, like Cancun or something for spring break (laughs) until now. And I was like going all over the world and seeing the world and and trying to figure out this new guitar tech job at the same time. But um, so that's 2009. You know, two years wasn't but just like two years later, we'd been on tour. We'd had a European tour, came home and we had a month off and uh, we were going to be home for a month and like about three days before actually earlier in that month chris had called me and he said hey there's a chance you might have because after that month off we were going to brazil we were going to oh, south america yeah and it was the first time that three doors down had been in south america so it's a big deal big when, deal yeah when when you're going to a new region and all these international tours and stuff 
a lot of money, a lot of a lot of stuff is at stake. Yeah, you got to go in there and nail it. Yeah, and there, and you know you you got to make the show happen at, at all costs, you know, to a certain degree. So he had taught he had contacted me like that earlier that month that we were off, and he said, "Hey, there's a chance you might have to play some play guitar, play the other guy's parts." Um, like uh, and, you mean in front of everybody? Yeah, that's kind of <laughs> like, what, what I was mean? like. I was like, yeah, I'll be over here in the shadows, right? <laughs> no, you be you have to be out there. And I was like, oh man, but I kind of just I was excited and I wanted that to be the case. Um, but uh, you know, I'd learned in the business not to get your hopes up, so I was just like, yeah, it's not gonna happen. And uh, three days before we were flying to Brazil. He called me. I got the call, and because I, I was at this point, I was like, "Yeah, it's not gonna happen." Man. Yeah, I'll be doing he my called regular me job. exactly, yeah. and he called me, and uh, he's like, "Well, you're gonna be playing," and I was like, "What? Are you serious?" So, three, so, three whole days notice. Yeah. Three, three whole days notice. <laughs> but keep in mind, I, I wasn't going into the the gig completely blind. I'd been touring with them for you know, right. tech and form. I knew the songs they played. I knew you know, you know, you know the. I knew that was the, gonna be my question. Is like a tech? Do you? Do you play the songs as well and play those parts, or is that something you do as kind of a something you want to do, or is that something that a lot of guitar techs do is know the songs? That yeah, being well, played? it's not it's not a bad practice. Yeah, um, for a guitar tech to um, kind of know the stuff and be a good be a guitar player. Not every tech is a guitar player, right? Um, but if you are, it's an added bonus to your <clears throat> you know to what you bring to the table, and you're able to. Uh, you know, stuff happens on the road. People get sick. Right. You know, things happen. Somebody has to go to the hospital, and the gigs got to go. You know, yeah. The guitar tech can sit in for that show and just kind of, you know, make the show happen. And you're still making the show. Still, everybody's getting paid and everything. You right. Know? So it's good practice for uh, techs to kind of know those parts to fill in if they need to. And uh, I was kind of floored. I was like three days. To so you kinda... didn't sleep for three days. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. I didn't, and I remember um, I'd been working in the yard a few days before I got the call, and I'm highly allergic to poison ivy. Oh, man. And uh, I was doing some weeding around our deck, and I remember after I got the call, like I was going to be playing, I remember was pulling weeds, and I pulled some weeds up, and I was like, oh, man, with my bare hands. I was like, that's poison ivy, I think. <laughs> And I was like, the greatest man. break of my life. And I, yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh man. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe it's not, you know. And I just out of out of my mind, out of sight, mm-hmm. out of mind. And then uh, got the call. And then the day before we're leaving, the day before we we're flying out, my my uh, my left hand, my guitar picking hand, you know, the I started it just started welting up oh. on my finger. <laughs> poison ivy all over all over my fingers all in between the fingers and i don't know if you've ever had poison ivy on your fingers and you have so you know how how just irritating and distracting it is to have that have those little bumps in between your fingers going like this i was just like here's my big break (laughs) and i've got poison ivy all over my finger i was like i'm not having this i went straight to a uh, walk-in clinic actually the morning we were flying out it's like, I know you're not going to believe this, but I'm about to be a rock star. Can you fix this problem? <laughs> uh, you know, that, I mean. I, it was in not so problem, many words. Right. Yeah. I was just like, look, i got to play this gig, and I, I know I've got Poison Ivy. You know, they were like, the give stuff. you a shot. So yeah. I got a shot. <laughs> knocked it out, and I went and did the gigs. And 
and uh and everybody's like oh are you are you playing with them now i'm like are you the new guitar player i'm like i i don't know i'm not i'm just filling in as far as i'm concerned i'm not going to get i'm not even going to go there in my mind but um as it worked out it was it, it, they just kept me, man. I didn't miss. I hadn't missed a show since. So that, when you're up that there on that first and, that first show, is that that's probably the first time you've probably been on a stage back like that in how long? It'd been a while. It'd been at least uh, five or six years, I'd say. Maybe, maybe not that many, but you know, a good a good while. And I hadn't had my chops up. I'd been more in the studio, kind of turning the knobs, and and really had kind of just set the guitar down so um it was a kind of a crash course getting back into yeah guitar playing and stuff and i was i was nervous man but right. there was no way there was no way i wasn't going out there and playing it so yeah i was like this is this is it this is this is my shot to kind of well the other guys kind of supportive or like hey just go out there and do your thing do your job oh no they were they were super supportive everybody was the crew all my fellow crew guys and that's the thing is you can you know, I've heard stories of tech guys getting that gig, and then there's some animosity between the other tech guys. You know, the the the, the crew guy that was kind of on their yeah. on their level is now a band guy, and you know, but everybody in in uh, in our crew and all my crew guys, crewmates were uh, totally supportive and encouraging, and they were just happy. You know, we all had a good uh, rapport with each other, so it was. Uh, it was awesome, man. We celebrated after that first show in uh, Belo Horizonte, uh, Brazil. You know break- where everybody celebrates a big oh, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was pretty. It was pretty amazing. It was one of the best nights of my life. Was after that show, and you know the crew, we were all like, "You, you did it!" And we just went out and just partied. Nobody wanted to touch your hand, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, oh. that was funny. Is like you know. Here, here's here's a funny thing that not a whole lot of people know about that that Brazil tour too is, I went down there because it was such short notice, we couldn't get anybody to tech for me, right or or do anything like that. So <laughs> you're teching still. So I was still teching. So when I went down there, during the day I would load out. I was just like a crew guy, and I would load out. I get all of Chris's guitars ready, and then uh, the other guy was. Uh, Matt's old tech or Matt's tech uh, Jeff was he was getting all of my gear ready over there and I was at some point would I was done I got it all tuned up and everything we'd sound check that's when I would switch over to band basically so then I was getting up there and playing and then after the show I would go back to crew and I'd be pushing the 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 uh the the you know, which probably helped with the transition up. there because it kind of kept you in a familiar place a little bit getting started yeah i mean i didn't want to go into it thinking i was i mean better than any right. of the other crew guys or anything like that it, that's not the case i mean it, i mean i i'd been a crew guy and i already i knew it took all these i, I appreciated what the all the spokes in the wheel have have to offer um in uh something an endeavor like a rock show there's a lot right. of stuff to be done so I respected it all, and everybody knew that, so everybody was supportive, and it was a it was a pretty cool transition, and it's pretty rare in the industry, like not a lot of people. The planets aligning in the right way, yeah. just it was just one of those moments. It was like I was in the right place at the right time, and I was able to deliver, and and uh, 
Not so. a lot of advancement up, lateral movement up in that business. Is it? It's a lot of, if a situation happens, it's, oh, well, we're bringing in such and such from, he's played with Metallica and all this. And yeah, and that's, you know. Now that, introducing our new guitar player, this guy. That was the that was the <laughs> yeah. strange thing is, like, there were no, they didn't hold any auditions for any <clears throat> of the guitar players when I came into the band. It was just like, yeah, he's the guy. Yeah. So, and like I said, after I played those uh, three shows down there, we came back to the States and, I haven't, I haven't missed a show since. That's so. pretty cool. Yeah. So you mentioned like, you know, obviously your world changed. You're going on tour. I mean, just talk about I me mean, for you, just personally. What are some of the funnest things you've gotten to do that, you know, memories you'll have for the rest of your life? Oh man, just um, going to Europe for the first time, just seeing a different place, just really opens your eyes to, you know, how different places can be. How you know, just eating different food, trying all these new delicacies and you know german beer and it's it, it that was awesome but specifically some some places i remember is, and we do a lot of uh, military shows um do a lot of uso yeah. stuff so we play a lot of military bases and those are by far some of the most uh rewarding shows to do hands down and we've you know we had like a 14 hour flight to japan we were going to play in kadena air force base in okinawa okinawa japan and uh we we got on a flight from Atlanta to Tokyo, and it was going to be a 14-hour flight. And a couple hours into the flight, we had a uh, captain came on and said there was a medical emergency. Ooh. Yeah, and everybody's, like, kind of bedding down, getting ready for the long flight. And two hours in, they're like, we're we're gonna we got to stop in Minneapolis. So we did a fuel dump for like an hour. Yeah, because you can't land with so much fuel. We had yeah. enough fuel to get to Tokyo. Yeah, you know, and uh, nothing like flying in a circle for two hours. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we did that. And we land only to see the medical emergency walk off the plane. <laughs> oh, this lady walking off the plane. Hey, grown she, toenail. Yeah, yeah. She was, you know, real emergency. <laughs> I have no clue what it was. Nobody does, but, you know, long she's lucky, story she's short. She's lucky she wasn't murdered getting off the airplane. Right, but <laughs> long story short, the the half of our flight crew left because it was pushing them over their time. So we, you know, had less cabin service. Uh, and the, even the pilot was getting aggravated. And he at some point he was like, get back in your seats now. We got to take off because President Obama was – happened to be in town and so air force one was there and they was like air force one is here and they're about to shut down all the runways if we don't we don't pull away from the gate right now so we finally get back up in the air flew to tokyo missed our connecting flight literally from the time we got we left atlanta we get to uh we get to kadena we walked up to the to the place where we were playing it was on the tarmac and it had a big stage set up we got to the tarmac exactly 15 minutes before showtime running on fumes oh dude yeah. and we didn't help ourselves flying down we were you know on the on the japanese airline from tokyo to okinawa we're like hey they got sake on here yeah i've always wanted to try sake <laughs> so we're like yeah let's do sake so we were hitting sake we get there and it was just like you got off the plane got into the airport and then when we walked out of the airport 
the humidity hit us. <laughs> and it <laughs> Bentley was full of sake dude, with hundred degrees. It was the wor- It was it was the the perfect storm of everything. <laughs> and I literally I was so dehydrated from from too much sake, and then all that humidity. We were sweating, you know, bullets <laughs> the whole time, literally pouring off my nose up on stage. I thought I was going to die from that show. <laughs> and I got off the stage, and they had these big, huge, like, uh, they had this big tent with this big, huge air conditioning machine thing that's blowing cold air, like cold, dry air. And I just sat in front of that thing, on the laid on the couch for, like, 20 minutes and thought I was dying. <laughs> Until I started to regain something. Yeah. I was trying to drink water and all that stuff. I was like, man. But... Um, on the way back, we hit, uh, we stopped in uh, Hawaii and we played at uh, Hickam Field at Pearl Harbor. Oh, that's pretty cool. And that you talk about a uh, that that was one of those moments you you were asking me about. It was just so man, just a flood of patriotism. You felt and I felt honored and I felt cool. It was just so cool to be there, man. The the they had all the ships in the harbor. We got to tour the uh, USS Ronald Reagan, Nimitz-class carrier, and it's sitting in the back. So my view from the stage there was just a field full of our, you know, our troops, our men and women we're rocking out to. And behind that's all all these warships just decked out for the 4th of – this was the 4th of July. Oh, yeah. This was on the floor. Yeah, I'm like, I'm there. Yeah, dude. (laughs) I wish I could play guitar. And we played the show, and then they had a a vocal ensemble come up. Somebody, and there was a group singing the national anthem, and we were all sitting there, and it was just, man, what a moment. I was just like, just so proud. Proud to be an American. Proud to be in a position where I can entertain our troops. And just just humbled and honored. That's kind of a cool place, too, to do that, because that's kind of where... You know, you think about Pearl Harbor, that's where the U.S. became a power. So you know, much, we were attacked, and yeah. that's when we figured out. Yeah, so much history the there. Yeah. And um, talk, talk a little bit about, like, your interaction with, like, some of the, like, men and women, like the service members. Like, the ones I've run into, there's just something about, like, the music or just how much, you know, you guys have put into, like, playing for them. There's there's just a connection there, I, I sense, from the outside. Do you do you sense that? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, a big thing what, with three doors, isn't it? What is it? I mean, what what – why is there that connection there? Um, you know, I think it just boils down to the songs, man. The 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 words Brad wrote, uh, some of those songs resonated. I mean, you think of the song here without you. I mean, it's not my time. It's yeah. not my time. Uh, when I'm gone. Citizen uh, soldiers and Citizen yeah. soldier. All these songs are kind of uh, you know what it's like to need a song, you know? Like you need to hear a song yeah. because it's talking to you. And it says what you're what you're feeling. So, I think um, it's those lyrics, and and those military people are on duty, and they're overseas, and they're away from their loved ones, and they're they're facing uncertainties, and you know they don't those, those songs. That's that's what they got. That I mean, some of the uh, confessions from some of these uh, of our men and women that told me like these these songs are what got me through it. You know. Yeah. And that's uh, that's pretty heavy, and you know. Because you're kind of thinking you're up there just jamming, playing a song, but literally you're connecting with somebody on a spiritual and, and emotional level. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I almost feel disconnected. I, I You know, not being a, a, an original member of the band and not having not having anything to do with those songs that really, you know, connected with these people, 
I've had a hard time kind of connecting with that feeling, you know, and I've had talks about it. I'm like, I, I'm not worthy of this admiration you're giving me because I got lucky. I'm getting to play rock star. I don't, I'm not worthy of this, you know, but um, just changed my mind talking to them like yeah. that. They're like, no, dude, you, you, you know, because I want to tell them, hey, I, I'm honored to be here and entertain for you. And I got the utmost respect for you guys sacrificing what you do for uh to save you know to give us freedom and and so it's hard for me to kind of connect with that but at first it was and then they're like hey man you gotta you gotta give yourself a little bit of credit yeah. you're you're out here entertaining us like literally dude you're playing it so you're, yeah, yeah you're leaving your family to come out here yeah. and come out of here on this base and and uh so i've i've come to terms with it i've just learned to be very grateful and and uh humbled about it and honored and and it's just it's amazing it's one of the best things of being in the band is that relationship that we have with our yeah. with our military that's going to do it for part one of our interview with chet be sure to tune in for part two on monday february the 17th the denominators are ryan smith kyle binkley lance jones and me adam ray thanks to chet for providing our music if you like what you heard, we'd certainly appreciate a five-star review. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at CommonPod. That's C-O-M-M-E-N-P-O-D. And if you have a question or a comment for our group, or you'd like to submit an idea for a future episode, you can email us at commondenominators at gmail.com, or you can find us on our website, commonpod.com. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah.